it's Valana in the Congo. Valana with a head in front, and Valana just beats in the Congo. Hello everyone, welcome to Thoroughbred Weekly, live from Newcastle. We had a great day yesterday, we had the perfect weather. We had a great crowd with a, a lot of atmosphere. We had a track that raced beautifully, all the jockeys rave about Newcastle whenever they come here. And considering all the rain and all the racing we've had in the last 12 months, this track has been absolutely perfect. And we got a great million dollar race yesterday, the Hunter, which is just going to grow and grow and grow into the best race day on this racetrack. Yep, agree. Hello to you, to you, Greg. Hello to Corey and everybody watching at home. What is it? Our region, our town, our race. And they've embraced it, haven't mm. they? Yep. These locals. And I think on top of that is it's just a concept that works. 1,300 metres at the right time of the year. You look at all of the, the lead-up races, you've got Everest Form, you've got Sydney Stakes, you've got Big Dance, Manicato, Invitation. So it just hits that sweet spot of mm. being a distance where it works. Yeah. yeah, it works. I just love the way the track raced yesterday. Mm. It was just so even, a perfect surface. The boys said it was just like a bowling green. The jockeys must be so tired of <laughs> picking those horses up For out sure. of that those heavy surfaces yep. and to get to a track like that yesterday. And we're going to see that hopefully now right throughout the state. You know, Sydney's borne the brunt of it yep. every day, every week. But now this weather's starting to turn and the tracks are getting better. We saw that at the end of at the end of the carnival at Rose Hill. My complexions are looking good. You're, <laughs> you're getting browner, Brownie, isn't it? Yes. The Hunter Hall of Fame are here to take yeah, us through yeah. the meeting. I wonder if uh, well, Valana wouldn't have been here had it drawn an alley in the Golden Eagle because I fear it might have won. Yeah. You're probably right. Yep. You're probably right. The way he won today, or not today, on Saturday, Golden Eagle form. Yep. Every year, it yep. tends to stack up, doesn't it? Yep. This year, no different. So the Quinella coming through the Golden Eagle. Mm. So. And would, a great tussle. I would mm. love to know what um, the professional punters out there, like they say J-Max worth two and a half lengths, two lengths. Mm. I'd love to know what they've got Nash down as. Close. Almost uh, the same. I tell you, like, you, you look at the Godolphin runners yesterday, they, they put him on, and how much he improved those horses. Like, they've been... I can't think of the horse's name earlier on in the day where he was getting his... Oh, Creoderis. <laughs> Creoderis. Yeah. Like, he was in poor form and nationally lifting him over the line. He's That's a, right. He's, I'd, love to know, I'd love to know what they've got him down as. 2.4, 2.5. Well, in a finish, when you were riding, who did you fear most when you were fighting out a finish? Was, uh, was it Nash or was it some... Yeah, I think early days it was Beeman. Yeah. If we got into a jostle with Beeman, like he, I don't know, he just <laughs> could find something extra with them. Um, Jimmy Cassidy was really strong, um, but this day and age, I think it's definitely Nash, mm. yeah. Yeah, and you can hear him coming. He's all over him. <laughs> like a cheap suit. Is he, is he, is he roaring? <laughs> oh, he's roaring, he's kicking, he's hissing. He's <laughs> <laughs> Whatever he can throw at him, he does. <laughs> well, let's have a look at Valana now. Uh, Nash Willer and James Cummings, the uh, million-dollar hunter. And uh, coming to the home turn, he just got into the best spot from the start and he executed. He did, didn't he? And he was just so confident. You can see how long he's, he's waiting here. Uh, he's just patient, patient, patient. He knows he's close enough, if good enough. The obvious danger there is in the Congo. And 
Speaking of in the Congo, wasn't he brave and tenacious? Just as you think that Valana's going to go straight past him and put two lengths on him, uh, he rallies again. But Nash, you can see him throw in the kitchen sink in typical <laughs> exactly. Nash fashion, but too good at the end. And they really pair off here at the finish. It is. And like you said, in the Congo, you'll find horses like himself. He, he, he wins, he's honest. But if something else comes at him, it's amazing how they pin the ears back and really, really launch to the line. But great ride. Um, again, Nash is just, he's as strong as an ox. Uh, he thought, and I think we picked this up in the interview later, he thought he was going to beat in the Congo by a length. Yeah. Yeah, and watching it live, you thought the same, didn't you? Now, I know when you watch the replay back there, you say, well, it was a very on-speed dominated race. But... I think that just coincides with the best horses up there. Yeah, I think you could nearly say that Nash thought he was going to sprint better, but mm. I think he sprinted, but in the Congo sprinted as well. That's right. That's what, what, why they went away together. Mm. Just on Tommy Berry there, he came off, we saw it on the head on there, he, he yeah. Tommy bailed. Tommy bailed, because when I first watched it and I, I felt a bit rude afterwards, I said, gee, that was a poor display of horsemanship, like he just fell off it for no reason but then when I watched the, re, um, watched the replay and went into the jockey's room and spoke to Tommy, Tommy thought that the horse had had a heart attack or done something wrong, like he was going to really drop to the he was ground. Collapse. Collapse. So he bailed out. Yeah. So which I can understand. I've had horses do exactly the same thing, um, and you you do think that something's wrong, majorly wrong. But then Tommy got up and looked <laughs> at eleven eleven, and he galloped away. He's gone. And he was fine. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it was just, but it was that split second uh, moment uh, where yeah. you where he thought something was going to go horribly it wrong. It might even be like a heart irregularity. Because yep. that can give you that feeling as well, like there's something major going wrong. Like they'll put a few really weird strides in. And yeah, like I said, once I watched the replay, I could see what Tommy was thinking. Yeah. Uh, what about the uh, the Beaten Brigade? Um, let's start with uh, well, Apache Chase, who sat outside yep. in the Congo. Good. He was good. Uh, he obviously had the big weight there. He sat outside in the Congo. In the Congo was the one dictating. I thought it was a really clever ride from Tim Clark. He kind of established yep. the lead from the outset to give Apache Chase no chance whatsoever to head him. Yep. And then just got a little breather there in the middle stages before clicking up again. So I don't think Apache Chase really appreciated being dictated to. I think he's better he's off the being the dictator. Yep. And he hasn't had that opportunity of his campaign. So. Two, two of the locals overachieved, considering their price. Aramayo was 70 to 1, mm. and Skylab was 40 to 1 into 30 to 1, and they've finished just behind that first four. Yeah, they were both fantastic, weren't they? Aramayo did get a nice little cosy run up the fence, but you've still got to do it, and he sprinted nicely there. So Sam Kavanagh, obviously a pickup for the new yard there. Mm -hmm. And if they can get him back to the form of 12 months ago, where he's fighting out the finish at an Epsom, mm -hmm. they can have some fun with him. Uh, and as for Skylab, I imagine this has always been a target with him. He was so dynamic first up last prep. The team probably thought, well, the local race yep. will keep him nice and fresh and, and do something similar, and he delivered for them. Yep. Okay, let's go and uh, hear from uh, Darren Biedman, Nash Willa, and also the other jockeys. He got the job done today, and... Um yeah, it was, it was quite painless was. In, in the run, like with all, all around together, our horses. And, um, you know, when he came out and went out for, first up in the, in the, Silver, sorry, in the Silver Eagle, um, you know, he really showed his class that day. And um, today with, with that run under his belt in the Golden Eagle and just a wide gate. And the ground was probably a little bit firm for him right. the other day. He just, his action just didn't look right. But uh, Nash, you know, you, you're always confident when it's going to be a tight finish that Nash is going That's to get right. the best out of them. And... Um, you know, he's, he's been a model of consistency. You know, the, the trip away to Brisbane just did him the world of good. Um, you know, he really matured him and made him stand up and take notice. And, uh, the, the, you know, the t team have placed him to perfection this preparation. And um, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was wonderful to see the way that he, he knuckled down and, and you know, 
fought off a very, very tough competitor in, in, in the Congo. And that's why Nash had to give a 10 out of 10 today and get his timing right. He's hard to beat. He fought back. He did. Yeah, we've, we've been in that, um, in that, in that boxing ring before yeah. with him. And he's, he's, he, he really takes it everything you know, out, out of his competitors to get past him. But um, no, full credit to Nash and the team. And um, no, it's, it's been a remarkable spring carnival. And yes. it's um, no, very, been very good. Yeah, look, unless he really was a surgery player, you wouldn't know what what he encountered his, you know, in the Golden Eagle. But, um, look, today he's, he just used his natural speed to sort of get across into a lovely spot and just took, you know, knew he'd relax once he got there. And um, it was just a matter of pushing the button. And, you know, in the Congo is tough. I mean, <laughs> felt like we are going to beat it by a length and it just kept sort of coming with me. But he's got a lot of class, my bloke. He's, he's on the way up. How do you draw on a barrier last time? Do you reckon he wins? Uh, look, I, t I reckon this track's better today than what he encountered there too. It was very firm. Um, and I, I felt that uh, the last last hundred the other day, I couldn't knock him around anymore because he was feeling the ground a bit. Tim Clark in the Congo. Yeah, he. Um, look, I thought I had a, a perfect run. I, um, and and he tried his heart out for me even when the winner come to me you know he, he he went again and he was incredibly brave again tyler schiller gravina he was a great run um i'm very grateful for the pickup but he ran a super race jim burn apache chase yeah look he was uh, still a little bit fidgety in the barriers but you know he bounced well today he got across nicely and got a nice park on him into the congo really started to pick up the tempo from the three and um yeah they just beat him on today. Ash Morgan, Arameo. Yeah, I'm terrific. Run. Sam's done a great job with him getting him back into into good form. I think when he steps up to the mile, he's going to be competitive in races like this for sure. Jason Collett, Skylab. Yeah, fantastic run. He was he was back and wide and got home really well. James McDonald, Skyman. Yeah, good first half running on proof. Zach Lloyd, what's that? Yeah, very unlucky. Um, he's racing very well. She'll win one of these soon. Regan Bayless, Brutality. Yeah, he's flying. I'm looking forward to um, the gong next week. Rachel King, Overpass. Um, yeah, look, he's run okay from a very tough barrier. Kobe Jennings, Bandersnatch. Um, he was off the bit a long way out, probably probably third up into the preparation, 1300 sort of thing. Hugh Bowman, Gem Song. Uh, proud of his effort. It was a race, just it was dominated by the leading bunch. Sam Clipperton, uh, Ingratiating. He was disappointing. I had a nice run following um, Gravina and Valana and presented and um, my horse just didn't seem to put in today. Chad Schofield, Tycoonist. Yeah, obviously we drew the widest gates. We had to go a long way back because of that. And he was just never in the hunt. Reese Jones, Lions Raw. Yeah, he's happy to be back. Um, just two zip for him today. One of the nicest blokes in the industry and one of the most passionate is Johnny Sunderland from Godolphin. He works on the farm yep. up there in Scone. And he was that excited yesterday because <laughs> Valan is a half-brother to Savatiano, yeah. who won the first Hunter. So this mayor has produced two Hunter winners in four mm. years, and uh, Greg Pritchard caught up with Johnny after the race to take up the story. Got a great affinity, like Savatiano, who's you know, the, the winner of the first race, fantastically. Um, and now her brother comes along and wins it as well, four years later, or on the fourth year. Um, and she's just had her first fall by Lonrov at home um, in, the, in the breeding sort of paddocks. And um, the mother of boredom, Retsina, who's looking like a really blue hen now, she's got dolls too, she's got a couple of other stakes placed horses and stakes winner. Um, and she's, on the, she's just had a, a blue point. So it's a great, a great story and a great what, what Godolphin and Darley's all about is producing horses to race on the track to then retire at home. 
and continue the, the sort of circle of life. But so a great credit goes to the whole breeding team and the whole racing team, everyone that's involved with them because they all they all they're all involved. The guys are breaking in and obviously all the people that are working admin as well. It's just a great team effort to get these horses not only to the track but then to be winning these prestigious races. So we'd like to congratulate Racing New South Wales again on, on you know it's such a great concept and um, the depth in the race this year tells you that. So well done to them but um, you know I just think it's it's great for the whole the whole team, the whole Godolphin team, because it's all about the breeding the horses to get to the race course to win these sort of races. And here we have two siblings that win it, so that's even better. Um, so, Savatiano's had a first foal by Lonrow. Yep. And I think she's going, she's either been back or going back to Palace Pier. Right. That's the next one. Okay. So she's already had a baby, Savatiano. So, yeah. <laughs> so we need, so we need like a, a Hunter Futures market for three years' <laughs> yes, time. Yes, that's right. <laughs> exactly right. By Lonrow out of Savatiano. Yeah. Could be back here. Uh, Adrian Bott now on In the Congo. Yeah, very brave and honest, that's sort of what we've come to know from, from this horse. Uh, the race worked out as, as, as we'd hoped and, and as planned, went to script, so no excuses there. Um, just beaten by a better horse on the day, but um, you know, the horse, when it went past him, he, you know, full credit to him, he, he really stuck on and, and, and fought hard all, all the way to the finish. So um, he's done a great job this campaign to bounce out of a couple of tough runs to, to front up it here again today. Just shows his quality. Um, but he'll go for a spell now and we'll see him back in the autumn reset and uh, I'm sure there's a big race there for him. Uh, we've spoken about how well placed the Hunter is now and they've been rewarded with a great field and I think the Gong, it's a, it's a different group of horses but once again it works because they're coming from a different a different group of races and I think next week's Gong is going to be just as good. Yeah, well it's a similar scoop uh, of, the, of similar horses, it's just you get more your, your Milo types as opposed yeah. to those coming yeah. back in trip, aren't you? So you still yeah. get your Big Dance, you still get your Golden Eagle, but those horses that just want that little bit further. You don't see too many horses running both, yeah. with the odd exception of the horse that you think might be the winner. Oh, I just, I've ridden for Joey Pride for a long time and the look on his face yesterday, he was smiling like a Cheshire cat, he said that the blinkers will go on brutality and um, yeah, I think he'll win. And he's lucky too that expat came out. Mm. First emergency, yeah. if there was a bit of rain here and expat runs, Brutality doesn't get that final lead up, mm. which he's a pattern horse, he's a backup horse. Yep. Yep. Uh, we saw that in the Villiers, and now we're going to see it hopefully in the Gong. So he yep. he's the horse you want to be on, isn't he? I'd love to be riding there for yeah. sure. Of all, of all the races over the carnival, he is the one horse that is just primed to absolute perfection, isn't yeah. he? Like he's been ticking over so nicely. Every time we've seen him, he's just been carving through he's, the line. He's always every run this time in, it's been a red light flashing, yes. hasn't it? Yeah. It's just always something catching your eye running mm -hmm. through the is line. Is there any point that we play these interviews that Greg Pritchard <laughs> did for the other horses that are going to the Gong? Oh, well, Gong? somebody's got to run oh, second or third, don't yeah, they? Yeah, that's right. All right, here are the place getters coming up in the uh, goal. Let's go to Danny Greer from Chris Lees' stable. Uh, Rustic Steel, he of course uh, won the big dance. He didn't go to the five diamonds, but he may go to the goal. He's been really good over the 1600 metres, as you suggested. He, his win in the coast was very good, and he, he backed that up with a really nice win in the Scone Cup, and, and it was good to get the big job done in, in the big dance there at Randwick. It was a very tough effort on the day, and most importantly, he's really come through that run really well, and you know, we couldn't be more happy with his work. And they are his only three starts over 1600. Yeah, exactly. He couldn't have done much more than what he's done. And, he, you know, he's, um, he knows how to earn a good check. And he's, uh, he's a really good horse to have around. He's bouncing around the stables and he's feeling really well. <laughs> All right. And uh, Greg Pritchard also caught up with John O'Shea. John O'Shea, looks like several of your horses going to the gong. Promise of success, Birderbeck and Kerwin's Lane. 
Yeah, no, all of them uh, you know, got their own credentials to justify a place in the race and um, we look forward to the day. It's always a tremendous day down there and, and these horses um, you know, are going to be competitive in the race. Promise of success in particular, a recent big race winner? She is and then she had no luck at Flemington. She drew the inside, the fence was off and you know the rest was history. So I disregard her performance there and, and go back to what she did at... Um, at Ramwick, I think if she can, you know, draw a nice gate at the mile at Kembla, uh, uh, she's well suited. She's got a good win at Group Two level over 1500, and off a pedigree, you know, a mile should be right up her alley. Uh, now, kiss some. I missed out on getting into the Golden Eagle it was an emergency, and then went down to Melbourne. Uh, this is a. I think this was always on the cards that this horse would end up at the gong but in a different path yeah i think it's fair to say that this is the most suitable race that will be in all campaigns so if mm. there is a danger uh, to brutality it's probably kiss some yep. i know you can be really forgiving of what he did there in the champions mile last start he got towards right towards the inside fence and he was against a pretty red hot field mm. wasn't he so if he bounces back to his best yeah he's in the mix right for sure yeah. okay let's hear from tracy bartley yeah no he's all well he's come back from melbourne we uh, you know gone right over him with fine tooth comb. We can't find nothing wrong with him, but uh, he'll gallop this Tuesday. He worked pace work this morning. He'll swim tomorrow. Uh, yeah, and we'll go on to the gong and hopefully he gets a run. You know, if he doesn't get a run, he'll have to run in the 90. And uh, our collar's booked to ride him in the 90, but we've probably got to search a rider for the gong. You gave him a chance in the Group 1 Cantala, a big race. He finished well back, but what did you make of it? Yeah, look, I don't think it was a great scenario dragging him back and then cutting across the inside. I, I really think the fence was off, and uh, we just come up the worst part of the track. Uh, look, he looked plain. He got to the furlong. He made it he, like it made a 400 metre run on him, and uh, he sprinted well. He got to the furlong, and, and he, his run it ended. So, uh, we're regroup. Well, obviously we're disappointing, but um, I just can't find anything wrong with the horse. So we we'll come home and just regather ourselves, and um, just hope he gets a run next week. Fifth to 14 in the Silver Eagle before that, and it was one and placed at Group Three level. Brisbane in the winter, that's the sort of form you'd like at the show in the gong if it gets a run. Yeah, no, he's the right horse, so he maps perfectly for the race. Um, just got to hope he gets a run, you know. Uh, uh, this year there seems to be a lot more horses around at that, like today here at Newcastle at the Hano, the 97 didn't get a run, you know, so we've got to be realistic. And um, if he doesn't get a run, he's got to run in the 90 and get his benchmark up. And again, Adrian obviously going to be represented as well at Kembla next Saturday. We're going to just nominate a few and see where they end up. Obviously, it's a great race. And, um, yeah, it'll just... There's a Ballarat Cup, both a Tissue and Colding, and Polly Gray are all in Melbourne. So we'll just have a look at the weather and weigh up options. I'm sure we'll have one or two of the ones you mentioned there. Oscar Zulu, she's the gift and too much to bear of the others. Yeah, Oscar Zulu, he won well the Golden Cup. He'll definitely be there. Um, she's the gift. We'll see how strong the race is for her. And what was the third one? Too much to bear. Too much to bear. No, he's going for a break. Okay, that of course was uh, that of course was Gay Waterhouse. Uh, here's Adrian Bott. <laughs> Before taking a couple there, um, Surf Dance, he's coming out of the, uh, a run in the big dance. Uh, thought he was excellent there. Uh, ended up being sort of quite a high pressure race. I, I, I thought he uh, thought he stuck on very well considering. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think he's suited by the mile. Should improve off that run, and yeah, looks looks a nice race for him down there. And uh, Ria, Ria Dini, this is sort of one of the races that we've had targeted for him uh, in, in in the campaign. He's had two nice runs over shorter trips in the in the Sydney Stakes and the uh, and the Nature Strip and. 
I thought he's run excellent on both occasions. He's uh, he's settling well in his races and uh, he's been been really strong through the line. So I think stepping up to the miles, what he's been looking for. As I said, it's sort of a race he's, he's been set for and uh, I, I think he's doing really well. So looking forward to seeing him uh, step out again. All right, so that's uh, a look forward to the gong next uh, Saturday and a big week coming up for the Illawarra Turf Club at Kembla Grange. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll have a look at the Beaufort and also the Spring Stakes. Uh, the Beaufort, $300,000 over the 2300 King Frankel uh, went out favourite and won. He was scratched at the barriers last week at Rose Hill. He played up, uh, but he made amends yesterday in a richer race. He certainly did. This was another race where there was a bit of drama pre-race, wasn't there? Yeah. Chalk Stream was the late scratching here. I tell you what, guys, looking at the stewards report, I don't know if I've ever <laughs> seen a stewards report so long. 12 pages. It just it went on and on and on yesterday. And a lot of it was early in the first meeting too, wasn't it? Meeting, and yeah. poor Cathy O'Hara, the horse bungled the start when she rode it first up at Randwick and then she gets a second chance on Chalkstream yeah. and it doesn't run. And it yeah. was so what he was the best behaved that I've ever seen him walking around the enclosure. Yeah. I thought he was turned the corner. So this is a race that was completely controlled out in front. So yeah, you lose Chalkstream, but I think even more significantly is the fact that, fun fact, yeah. Just couldn't muster. He didn't get himself on speed. All of a sudden that leaves King Frankel to have an absolute picnic out in front and pretty much one, two, three there the turn. One, two, three home. It was like a track work gallop. That's all it was. For Tyler Schiller, he just sat up. It was ten home two. Um, I would like to give Tyler Schiller a rap. Like I've been wrapping him up for a long while now, but he, he's definitely gone to the next level. You know, like he, for kids like this, when they're just about to lose their claim, um, they're going to be competing against the big boys. They need to sort of really show the owners and trainers that they're, they're capable of taking the next step and Tyler Schiller's definitely done that. Well he's, he gets an A plus for consistency doesn't he? Well for sure he's he, he turns week up, in he's, a week out he's, he's just exactly the same. Mm. Exactly the same he puts him in the right spot he doesn't find a lot of trouble um, but yeah he just horses run for him he's mm. going well. He seems very level-headed as well. He's very, very level-headed. Um, he's obviously got no weight issues. He's he's good. His weight's good. So he sort of just he flat lines, but he's mm -hmm. he's definitely gone up a peg. Uh, let's hear from him. Here's Tyler Schiller. Made a massive improvement from his last start. He had a big gap between runs because of his mishap at Rose Hill, but it doesn't seem to phase him. He just keeps doing his work and improving. And he was a lot better today in front than he was at Warwick Farm. So. To see him put him away like that, it shows that he's come on in leaps and bounds and hopefully a little bit more to, born to come. You had an easy lead, um, but you don't very often see horses getting over that trip sprint home in 33 and a bit. Yeah, he had a very comfortable lead when Fun Fact didn't jump and inject the pace. I was actually expecting a little bit more pressure, but when I started rolling around the 800, he just got up to his high cruising speed and got to go through his gears and he was strong late. What about the tap dance walking around the enclosure? Yeah, he loves it, doesn't he? He's a bit of a showman. Um, he's a lovely horse and he shows it at home. Yeah, we, we should have got that out. I forgot about his uh, antics in the parade ring, but he was yeah, he was really yeah. stamping the ground as he walked around, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, well, I had me back to him the first time I heard it, and I, when I turned around, I thought he was going to... Because horses, quite often, when they've got flies on their legs or on their girth and that, they'll stamp their feet trying to get the flies off, but he was, he was happy just to tap dance around the <laughs> enclosure. He's prancing. Yeah, yeah he'd, done it for, he'd done it for the good three laps as well. He set the tone for the punters <laughs> after the last there out the back, they'll have a little yeah. dance, and, yeah, he was the one. He led the, he led, led the way. Uh, here's a quick uh, word from Chris Waller on Cucaracha. Yeah, I think getting back on better tracks has been a help, um, but today was a good run, so pretty happy. Do you go any further this campaign? Um, he's just past the line, so we'll see how he pulls up and make some decisions over the weekend. 
Okay, let's go to the uh, spring stakes, the three-year-old spring stakes. I'm not, I'm not comfortable with this race at this time of year, considering what the spring stakes was. Yeah, it feels really weird. Like, yeah. Even for me, like as a commentator, spring stakes, like, isn't it just it's, before the, you know, the, the spring champion? Yeah, it, well, it was. Yeah. And it was a big lead-up. Mm. But now it's, uh, it's been put on this day, obviously, to try and bolster the program, but I don't think it has. Mm. Now, that's not taking anything away from Pierre Rossa because down the track, we don't know what these horses may become. Mm. Uh, it, might, it might turn out to be a, a, good a very race. good form race, yeah. but I, I remember the spring stakes having more hype around it yeah. in the lead-up uh, with horses potentially going to group, group one. one. This is sort of in no man's land. Mm. Yeah. But this filly is now a group three winner. Coming out of a Gosford maiden. So, yeah, she's got a stack of upside, and I guess you can make the same case for a lot of these as they go to the line, but look at that bunchy finish there. You've got one and a half lengths away in fourth and fifth, two horses that are still maidens. That was the slowest overall time of the four 1,600-metre races. So there's a few little red flags there. There's just so much around for yeah. these three-year-old milers, but who but knows? They could train on. Something about the winner, though, if you, if you watch at a, probably about the 150, was going to run a nice fifth or sixth. And then it's just pin the ears back and run through the line. I know mm. you said run slow time, but to come from back there running slow time and the way it, it was just the last 50 metres of the race that I really loved. Yeah, I was actually on track for her debut at yeah. Canterbury, Pierre and she pretty much refused to go onto the track. I know that Paul Snowden was of the opinion that she's got all the ability in the world, mm -hmm. she's just very stubborn. So I guess with that, with racing, uh, well, yeah. Well, Clipperton, she'll get better yeah. and better. Clipperton made the clerk of the course do an extra lap before well, he go. actually so mounted up. So still got a bit of that in her. Just keep the weight off her back and keep her happy. Yep, jockey knowing his horse. And uh, after the race, uh, Peter and Paul weren't here. Greg Pritchard catches up with Chris Ward. Corey catches up with Sam Clipperton and also the Beaton Brigade. Yeah, we couldn't be more happy with her. She's uh, she's always been a really talented filly and uh, we've had a lot of faith in her, as has Sam since day one. Uh, but to see the progression that she's on, um, and she had to take another step forward today, obviously up to Group 3 level. It's a big jump, uh, but her class got it through today, so we couldn't be happier. What do you think the future holds for Pierre Rossi? Well, she's got a very bright future. Um, you know, from very early days, Sam and, uh, and Peter and Paul, they've always said that she's a filly who's going to get over ground. Uh, so she'll go straight to the paddock now and then come back for the, the autumn carnival and, and winter carnival and uh, she'll get out over further and I think you'll see a better horse again. It was a tough win, yeah. I've had a lot of time for this filly for a fair while, Brownie, and um, she's really progressed as the more racing she's had. And uh, look, she only won a, a maiden at Gosford with not a lot of depth, but her work on Tuesday morning was first class and um, she's a filly that you have to squeeze every little bit out of, but she um, really knuckles down under hard riding and um, I think this filly's gonna be uh, 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 even more mature filly in the autumn and particularly once she gets up to those um, 2,000 and beyond distances. We touched on you going with the clerk of the course and staying off her back uh, for another lap. Take us through it. Yeah, well she um, used to be uh, put on quite a show before the start and she got me at Canterbury her first ever start and she got beaten a nose that day. So now it's just about working with her and eliminating uh, those habits and I must say she's with racing, she's gotten um, a lot better, and um, that's all it is, just working with her. And um, she's not there yet, but she's um, turning into the, uh, a true professional. Tim Clark, Kazalak. 
yeah, really um, solid performance from him, only having his th third start. So he's got a bright future. He ran terrific today. Jay's McDonald Robusto. Yeah, good effort, taken back, and he made a really good run late. Jay Ford, Candos Cosmos. Yeah, run super. Obviously, from the wide gate, we had to ride him quiet, but he closed off really well. Rachel King, Miss Fabichet. Uh, massive run. Looks she's much better up to a mile um, and a big step up in company. Token Capitalist, Chad Schofield. Yeah, tactical race. We were sort of up there doing it all on our own. Fought hard, he was game. Regan Bayless, Starliner. Yeah, she's a talented filly. Just missed a start, but made a good grand late. Hugh Bowman, Redina. Uh, really proud of him. Just tried his guts out, but there's just a bit much pressure up front for him today. Nash, Rowilla Basquiat. Yeah, he needs his, uh, the big operation. Tommy Berry, save a date for me. Yeah, look, he's, he's much better than that, we have no doubt. Uh, he's done a lot of this preparation, so, um, yeah, he's might have just come to the end of it. Tom Sherry, so your battle? Yeah, nice. Uh, she's a prep away, but she'll be a nice shooting in time. Jason Collett, Talento? Uh, every chance, just couldn't go with them. OK, now we've got, here's King Frankel. Here, here he was prancing around the mounting yard uh, yesterday. This is what we were talking about. I don't know, he hadn't done this before, but he just... Um, he decided. <laughs> he didn't do it every stride. He... There he goes. <laughs> the old three-step. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there he goes. Yeah, it was. And it was loud, wasn't yeah, it? It was very, very loud. It was loud. Yeah. Like um, I said, I actually panicked when I first heard it behind me. You I thought he was coming. What's, what's going on here? He's coming out after you. Um, what are what syndications? You know, there's there's Triple Crown winning the, the Group 3 yep. with Pierre Rossi. You just had um, Derby racing there winning with King Frankel. Dynamics having a good run as well. Yep. All these people yep. getting involved in racing for a fraction Australian, of the cost that they Australian used to have to play. Australian yep. Bloodstock going yep. well. Yep. Yeah, it's the, it's the way of the world at the moment, isn't it, with these, the way to get into the game, yeah. small percentage and all the fun. So. Yeah. Let's uh, take a break and come back with the opening day. It didn't start well for Brenton Avdala, although he is OK. Uh, the Max Lee's Classic is next. So the opening race on the day, there was drama from the word go there yesterday. This started at Chris Lee's uh, best chance of winning the race named after his uh, father, Max, lied with Ben Jetta. But uh, at the start, Corey, they got around, they, she went out early, yeah, she was a bit did. fizzy, and she got round to the gates and she reared up and back and over on top of Brenton. She did, and Brenton was very lucky. Um, she did have the earmuffs on, and it's probably a small mistake, but they took the earmuffs on before she entered the barriers, and she obviously flipped out. Someone said that something kicked the back of the barriers and stirred her up. Um, yep. She went right up and over, um, fell to the side, but then Brenton was sort of jammed underneath her, but he was, he was extremely lucky that the sort of the wither of the horse or the pummel of the saddle has hit him in the groin. And um, yeah, he's lucky he didn't break his pelvis. And, uh, but he's okay. He yeah, was no, walking back very sore yeah, afterwards. I'm sure he saw her this morning once everything's cooled yeah. down, but no, he said, um, well, the reports from the hospital is nothing broken, so yeah, touch wood. Okay, uh, let's go to the race itself now. Uh, Fire Lane of just one trial for Brad Whitup and Jay Ford, who rode it in that trial, uh, gets the money in the Max Lee's Classic over the scamper of 900 metres. She just did everything right, didn't she? So she parks in behind the speed, presents at the right time. Jay was on in the trial, and, and he sticks here. So. 
Yeah, good. The winner, the, the horse I want to take out of the yeah. race is Cylinder down yeah. the outside. You don't want to take too much away from the winner because she does a fantastic job. But Cylinder, in the first half of the race, nothing went right. He had to jag back from the gate. He pulled his head off, presented like the winner. And I think that early work just told that last you, 50 metres. You don't see, and I've been saying this for a while, two-year-olds coming from back in the field, especially over 900 metres. Normally it's a scamper and, mm. you know, not the first one around the home term wins. But uh, you don't very often see the horses coming back from in the back of the field like that, getting aggressive mid-race and then really working to the line. But oh, I think Cylinder's definitely the horse to be following. Yeah, we saw Russian Conquest win this yeah. race 12 months ago and she, two starts later, is running in a magic million. Mm. So, yeah, there's every chance that we've unearthed a nice one. Yep, without a doubt. By Hellbent, uh, the filly beats the Colt. And here after the race was Brad Whitup and also Jay Ford after the Max Lees. You know, he's a terrific young stallion and we're lucky to get a couple of the Magic Millions and uh, she's the first one I've raced and uh, got a great head on the shoulders and when we drew well today, um, it was always going to be a big advantage. How has uh, she been going at home? Did you come here confident? Yeah, well, look, she's the only two-year-old I've trialled so far and uh, she put her hand up and uh, got a nice bunch of two-year-olds this year and, uh, yeah, look, it's uh, nice to get the win on the board. She's had one trial. Been very well schooled up, but she, she's like she's got an old head on her shoulders. She's very, um, even when the little incident with Brenton there, she takes it all in a stride. She's very push button. She has good speed, which enables to put herself in a spot. Um, thought the second horse of Godolphins was going to monstrous late, but it just showed her tenacity. So she's only going to improve, and uh, BK Racing got a handy one. Uh, the highway race two was Jason Collett's first winner of the day. He ended up with a treble. Now, knife's edge. Where this did this is, come from? This has bolted him. Hasn't <laughs> it? Four lengths. Four lengths. You don't normally see such big margins in highways no. because they've all got their level, don't they? Yeah. But to see a horse win by such a space, this is so typical of Jason Collett, isn't it? Just sneaking up the fence, the silent assassin. Before yeah. you know it, he's on your back and he's yeah. off and gone. He did this all throughout the day, but... I don't know where this horse fits in. He was really hard to line up. He was coming off a non-tab win there at Dubbo on a heavy 10. Yeah. And then he comes out and does this, so... What about the run of the runner-up? Yes. Radiohead, instead of going up where uh, Knife's Edge, it had to come right, right to the outside yep. and finish off just as well. Yeah, you can see him there having yeah. to just get to the, the outside fence. The yellow and blue cap last, still getting wider and wider and wider and wider. In the meantime, Knife's Edge is right up on the on the fence and look at Radiohead, now it gets out to the outside, it still gets beat, beaten four, but mm -hmm. yeah. what did it cost itself covered, doing that? Covered a lot of ground, although that snooker backing behind him. Um, the third horse, Vicky's won, it goes to the Tari Cup Sunday week. Right. Or sorry, next Sunday. Joe Mari? <laughs> Just did enough? Pen. <laughs> yeah. No, for me, Pen. Run up in behind him. It looks a hard horse to ride. I thought with Huey Bowman going on yesterday, might have us been the, the key, because I know this horse has had a lot of kids riding mm. before, but yeah, no, I, I think he's a pen for me. He is a wet tracker, so I'll give him that. <laughs> i tell you what, he looked the best he's ever looked since I've been watching him anyway. He's, he looked like a proper racehorse yesterday. But mm. <laughs> One day. One day. Uh, here's Jason Collett. Foot was it was electric when I when I, I asked. He sort of come up under me really good about the 800, and. I thought, well, I can probably afford to be patient here if I've got what I think I have. How much further will he go? Well, he's won over ground and he relaxes, so nice 2,000 metre race uh, in a week or so, I think, at Rosal. So I'd say they'll head to that and, yeah, four lengths, that's pretty impressive. So well done to Gary Lund, the winning trainer, and, um, and also uh, Mick Smith for the, uh, the runner-up. Now, we talked about dramas that just kept 
kept happening there yesterday. Have a look at this. Rachel King was dislodged at the crossing on Miss Madison. And uh, the clerk of the course, Luke Moy, yeah. an amazing piece of horsemanship, picks up Miss Madison at a full gallop. Yeah, incredible. Outstanding work. That, Play that, that again, guys, just to pick it up one more time. And he's just full got the range as well. Like, look at him. <laughs> look at that. You know, we've been blessed in this area with great clerks. Yep. Um, the best of them ever was uh, a wonderful old man, Jake. Pat Chidgy. Oh, Pat. Pat Chidgy. Yeah. Cliffy Parker, who was there yesterday. Eddie French. Now Luke Moy. I saw Pat Chidgy one night at Newcastle Trots. I saw him pick up two, two at the one time, either side. Fair dinkum. And just drop the reins and the horse there. That is... Um, yeah, that's proper, proper horsemanship. That's outstanding. <laughs> it was. It was great. Let's go to the start. Short Shorts was supposed to lead. He was, or she was supposed to lead, wasn't she? So just continued the theme of the day. Outside uh, barrier. There you can see she just props, uh, begins awkwardly, throws her head around. Corey, you were saying about maybe stepping on herself. Yeah, well, if you watch the, the, the near side front, so on the right-hand side watching the video, its back foot has got tangled up with its front foot, so what we call a quarter. It's quartered itself, it's got on it, and it's basically tripped itself up. Yeah. Yeah, so happens quite often, but it's not something you want to happen on a, on a leader. Yeah. So the race changes and French Bonnet uh, ends up in front. She does, and 10 bells just maybe is that one spot closer, and I think that ultimately wins her the race. So she was out to, to 1,400 metres for the first time, and Jason Collett again, just yep. the sleeper in behind, stalks, 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 and just gets here in the final stride. So French Bonnet, to her credit, she really kicks back here. So she's got that fantastic will to win, that fantastic overall strike rate, and a fantastic second up record. So another win is just around the corner for her. I think we can be forgiving of short shorts. Yes, she looked to still get a chance. She settled outside the lead, but I think her asset, as we saw uh, seven days ago, is just that speed out in front, that yeah. sustained speed, break your rival's heart, and she didn't get to show it. No, she's one of those high cruising horses, and. Like we were saying yesterday, let fast horses be fast, but wasn't wasn't her day yesterday, short shorts. Well, after the start, it was just, yeah, it was game over. So, Ten Bells uh, beats French Bonnet, who was very brave and, and fights back. Maybe, maybe another ten yards and French Bonnet would have fought back enough to, yep. to yeah. regain the lead. But here's Jason Collard again. She just needs that cover, I think, and once she sort of got into that rhythm today, off that city tempo, she was in the right spot where she only had, you know, not a, not a big margin of ground to make up. Yeah, with short shorts missing the start, it just took the tempo out of the race. Yeah, that's good to know. I didn't realise that was why it wasn't there initially, but yeah, look, uh, it's played into our favour today, so yeah, very, very grateful. Okay, we're going to take another break. We'll come back with another effortless win on the program at Newcastle yesterday. All right, let's go to the midway now, and uh, this was very, very easy in the end. A get-back horse floating, but it floats all right. It does. It just floats past them. <laughs> yep, first try at the mile, like the race galloper with Matty Smith and J-Mac on, the money was on. Oh, they cheered. Didn't they cheer? I was going to say that. As far as, like, the biggest reception a horse got all day, I think it was floating. I think the punters loved him on track. Very well-backed. Yeah, I just loved and the window. Like, it was just... 
effortless oh, and cruised up. Over both shoulders. I didn't get the pat though. No, I was waiting no for pat. the J-Mac pat. But Not in a midway. You don't waste them on a midway. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if it progresses to a Saturday and beyond yeah. that, then it gets yeah. the pat. Well, I just thought he might have run out of them. <laughs> He's got that many G1s <laughs> under his belt. Uh, uh, surely it can win a better race than a midway. Yeah, absolutely. So fastest of the 1600 metre races on the day. So often you see that midway form is very much that midway form, but there are exceptions. And I think he is an exception. I've got no doubt that on the back of this, he can just continue to march through the grades. Without a doubt. Um, that was effortless. Like that, that's how you, that's what you want to land on as a jockey, horses yeah. that go like that. <laughs> and I think you've got a good line in terms of those horses that are in, in behind as well. So you saw Sabrenko, she runs to her level. We know where she sits. She was competitive in the four pillars. That stacks up. And the same can be said for Scorch Land in that similar form reference. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a bit of confidence uh, we can follow this horse with. Uh, here's Matt Smith and James McDonald. We didn't think there was much speed in the race, to be, to be fair, but it turned out to be a good tempo. Uh, that really helped, for sure, you know, for a horse that was going to get back a bit and, and run on. So, setup was good for him today, and he's, he's learning with every run. He's getting a little bit better, and uh, he was good today. And you've kept him here at Newcastle. He's been racing very well here. Yeah, he likes a big track, I think, suits a horse, and a bit of time to get organised early. So, yeah. I have to rush him into a position, just let him find his feet, and, uh, you know, he's excellent. So, nice progression out of provincial to midway, and... Yeah. Maybe take another little step. Exactly. We just keep taking him through the grades while he's learning what he's doing, and, um, and he looks like a nice horse in the making. Pick up right. Karen's not here today, unfortunately, but um, hope he's getting better. Obviously, through his COVID situation, but he's um, a really nice horse. Did it really well. Cruised into it with a bit in hand too. He's a very smart horse. The speed fairly genuine. Did that help? I think it did help because he just got into a rhythm very quickly, and he's obviously a little bit keen going horse but um, he, he slid into it beautifully, he'll get further as well but nice bit of pace about him. Uh, we'll get back to uh, McDonald in a moment and another legend of the saddle to talk more about him. Let's go to Rondino first of all, uh, race number six, great training performance by Greg Hickman here. This horse was 45 days between runs. A trial in between, a mile and a half back to 18.50. Yeah, good win, wasn't it? So he's now won four of his past eight, Rondino. So he's been a bit of a slow maturer, but he's right in the zone. And when you've got to turn a foot once you get out to these staying trips and you're working your way through the grades, uh, you're hard to beat and you can see slicing and dicing through the field here. And he's just a little bit too sharp at the finish. The big surprise out of this race was Creadiris. Yeah. Creadiris in front here, halfway down the straight, you're thinking, what's going on? Global Osbred. So he just got shortened up there in the middle stages and over-raced to touch, but isn't he a dower-type global he's Osbred? Just, he's really weird because when Huey said he, he made Nash work around him down the back, Huey said, I leaned on him for two strides, and he said he started to get really aggressive. He's, he's, a, he's a weird sort of horse. He's a beautiful horse to look at. Mm. He's, he's amazing when he walks through the enclosure. Um, the Nash factor, that, well, that's... <laughs> do, stewards, leading. stewards ask Adolf, this is out of at the track, Matt Jones. Stewards ask Adolf and Darren Beeman why Cryodiris was so forward in the sixth race. Were you surprised to see Cryodiris where he was, Chief Steward Steve Rout and the Darren Beeman? I was. I didn't think he had it in him. <laughs> <laughs> That's Cryodiris for you. Uh, let's go and hear from Greg Hickman and Tyler Schiller. He's done really well. We gave him a little trial in between and he just needed that little freshen up and I just thought maybe it was a bit short today but uh, look Tyler rides him super and ran him along the fence something he's never done before and he hit the line super. Corey just said that Tyler's gone to another level, do you think so? Oh for sure, he gives you a lot of confidence when you, you put him on and 
he's done his homework, he knows what he's going to do and I mean he just suits this horse so well and I mean a little bit of weight off his back and he was up in ground down in weight and uh, a jockey that knew him so worked well so it was all positive. Have you got another race in mind for Rondino up in distance again? Yeah we'll go to 2000 metres, I think there's a cup race Saturday Rose Hill, yep. 2000 metres and then there's another 2400 metres. As long as he keeps on improving at home and doing what he's been doing uh, we'll head that way. Sometimes a thinker, sometimes not. We love going around him with him because he's such a big gross horse. Being able to get in clear room he always extends a lot better and today I had to bite my medicine and take him up the fence, try to poke a few runs and when I come out onto the favourites back, took me to the 100 and he just had to do the rest from there. He got a run and he was strong. It was a decent training performance. It was very good. He had six weeks off I think between runs, back to the 1850. He, he wasn't actually too fresh, he was beautiful. He was lovely and relaxed at the back of the field and I think the nice genuine tempo got him going through the line really strong. Like the legend of the Phoenix Joey Pride uh, took the last two races. Coal Crusher won race nine, a benchmark 88 over 1,300 metres. Yeah, well, you took the words out of my mouth a little bit earlier, Corey. Let fast horses be fast. That's what they did with Coal Crusher. I wonder if there was any niggle after this race because Chad rode it last start. Yeah. Uh, it, was in the Goulburn, it was in the Goulburn Cup, wasn't it? The old man jumps back on and says, this is how you do it, young fella. <laughs> uh, just lets him run. And he landed some good bets here. He was sent around Big Oz, but rock hard fit. That's his go, sustained speed. And he was just simply too fast. Bit of a bunchy finish in behind, but I don't think you can make too many excuses for it's, those in the... It's a perfect, um, like, horses for courses. Like, that, the jockey and horse suit each other. Like, Glenn obviously knows him back to front. Probably tried to hold him up a little bit too much first up, um, but just let him roll yesterday. He knew he was obviously fitter. But he's, you'd love to have a stable full of these sort of horses. He's, he's an honest bugger, isn't he? Well, uh, maybe the best is yet to come. Uh, we talked to Joe about maybe the next 12 months being the making of this horse. Here he is, Joe Pride and Tyler Schiller. I don't know who's got the biggest smile on their face, whether it's Joe or Brave, because he's <laughs> like the carpet snake in the fowl house at the moment. 118.51 the time. Uh, uh, a very proud son over there. Yes, yeah, no, he um, he particularly loves this horse, so it's his absolute favourite, and um, it's a dangerous thing falling in love with thoroughbreds. I've done it a few times over the years, but he's he's fallen in love with the right one because he's, yeah. he's a good he's a he's a pretty fair horse. Fell in love with the sport a long time ago, yes. did he? <laughs> I didn't have any I didn't have any say in that, but uh, look, originally I named this horse up to be here today to run in the Hunter, but he he wasn't early, he hasn't done enough early in the prep to, to earn a spot, and he wouldn't have got a run there today anyway. Um, but he's a horse who takes a bit of racing, and and you've seen the benefit out of his last two runs. Glynn's got a, a great association with him and I'm sure he'd be very happy with that. Not as happy as Brave, but he'd be very yeah. happy. Can he do something in the next 12 months, this yes, horse? Yes, he can. Yeah, like, Glynn's always said he, run, he thinks he'll run a mile. Um, and he's already qualified for the big dance next year, so that's something to maybe keep in mind with him. Yeah. Um, but uh, we might even get him into the Villiers later, later this prep. Yeah, we'll just sort of see. We're one step at a time, interested to see what Glynn th thinks of him today. The last time I rode him, I had a big weight. It was the wrong strong headwind at Ramwick and I probably just tried to rate him too not too nice. He's a horse that likes to roll forward and just make, take. he just takes the pinch out of everybody else sitting in behind. So full credit to Joe again. He's got the horse back on song and big weight, nice strong win. Tell me, around the home term, did he creep out a little bit? He did a little bit. Like he, he does, he does sometimes tend to wander. Um, he's probably never been close to the rail before. He's always been out in the middle of the track. Not by design, but... Uh, he was close at the other day when the stone went, went past him. Yeah, he was, he was he went through it, but... Um, 
didn't give the stablemate a chance to get near him today. We just rolled along a bit quicker. Gee, Tyler Schiller's aged. Uh, here's uh, Joey Pride again at it with Redwood Shadow. It was Jay Collett making it uh, three for the day in the last. Well, he didn't go around a horse. There's a bit of a familiar pattern developing here. I don't think he went around a horse in all three of his wins. Corey, as we watch the replay here, but this is the seventh run of the preparation now for Joe Pride. He's won his past two. He's been teasing for a while. Um, and I think the good track is the key to this horse's. Uh, turn of foot and he shows that here. Syndicato sneaking up on the rails himself. He's probably close to another win and then you've got the big dance form there in second and fourth. I just love the determination of this horse's action. Like he's just so aggressive. He's wanting to attack the line. Um, he had a field day yesterday, JC Collard. Sure he's going did. Great. And here he is again along with Joe Pride. He's all right. He's, he's doing this all what he's done this preparation on his first prep. He's just taken a while for us to get his confidence up. His first few runs here, he wasn't quite finishing off on really heavy tracks. This is his last two starts on, on uh, better ground, and he's, and he's just kept improving. Right, so hopefully this dry weather will continue. Yeah, definitely going to be a better horse next prep. Uh, they all, always are. These tried horses, are get, they're always better when you get, a, you get to give them a, a break and they know the routine and everything else. But um, no, really happy with that today. I thought he went really well. Had a couple of chances, but nothing, no sort of favourites or anything, so it's nice to sort to knock a few of them off. Good solid win. He's got a really extravagant action, hasn't he? He does, and he's he's got quite a high hit carriage too, so he's, he's a touch awkward. He, he probably lacks a bit of confidence. And it's sort of so he gets himself into positions where he doesn't have a lot of speed early, so he's he's snooked away back on the fence and he's got horses around him, which yeah, it's probably not the best for him, but he's able to manoeuvre his way out of there today. Uh, New Zealand Bloodstock sponsored the uh, meeting there yesterday and Brent Thompson, the Hall of Famer. One of the greatest of all time, the Babe. Yep. Four Cox plates, um, Group One wins around the world. Yep. He was at Newcastle yesterday. We talk about McDonald a lot and how good he is. Mm. Well, what about one New, New Zealand legend giving his perspective on James McDonald? Greg Pritchard caught up with the Babe at Newcastle yesterday. When he initially came to, to uh, uh, Sydney to, 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 to ride in Sydney, he was a in my eyes, he was a you know, rising star then, um, and he's been extremely successful. And really, he's gone from strength to strength. He, you know, he's had stints in uh, England and riding in, in Europe. Went back um, and, and uh, this year and won won uh, uh, a nature's trip. Um, you know, I, I, he's still a very young guy. He's won 70, at least 70 Group One races. Um, at, at, a, at a still a young young age, so God knows how many will win gold given everything goes goes uh, uh, the right way. But um, you know, people have asked me what uh, you know what, what do you think his attributes are, and you know you know clearly he's got great balance, great hands. Um, uh, he's an ex exceptional young guy guy, and uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, how you compare older gen generations of jock jockeys, but um, he, he's sort of a modern superstar, and um, I don't, you know, still the sky sky. He hasn't, I don't think he's reached it anywhere near near he, the highs that he'll get. Do you think he rates alongside already those great jockeys like George Moore, Roy Higgins, Darren Beedman? Um, I, I, I don't I certainly have to think so um, uh, because. Uh, you know, obviously he's ridden some wonderful horses, but um, uh, you know you've, you've, you've got, to, got to have the ability to get get on those horses and ride for the great trainers and the, and the best horses and, and produce the goods. And you know, um, his spring was amazing, and 
I see no reason why he won't uh, continue on his uh, merry way. You would know the answer to this. When he's riding as well as he is, what sort of sense of belief does a jockey have? I always thought um, in, in, in my career, when you, um, when you look at the great jockeys, um, their, their great, greatest at- attribute is, is um, uh, you know, their own initiative and, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, we, we all know that jockeys have a lot more support these days with managers and, you know, this track um, uh, uh, um, speed maps and all, all, all that. But uh, when you, you know, I, I think he's, he's, he's got that ability to uh, uh, hold his own anywhere in the, in the world, to be honest. You'd love to be riding these days in the uh, times of 15 million, 10 million dollar races, wouldn't you? I, I think I think about it re- regularly. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, like prize money obviously was good in my my day, but uh, it's incomparable to, to today. Both, especially Victoria and uh, New South Wales, it's just. He came over as a kid to ride Fury's order in the Cox Plate and he never looked back. Yeah. What a legend, the babe, talking about Jay McDonald. Appropriate, I think, uh, to almost end the carnival mm. with an interview like that. Absolutely. And that's it. Do you ever think about the prize money on offer being a retired I think, jockey? I think you know I, the answer to that. I think I dream of... <laughs> <laughs> All right, to the gong, thank you. Ronnie Duffersy back next week, but yep. thanks for filling in for Ronnie. It's been a pleasure. And we'll be back at the gong at uh, Kembla Grange next Saturday uh, for Formline, the race day, and this show, Thoroughbred Weekly as well.